Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, it's a uh, very powerful news conference. Uh, at the end, of course, uh, Josh Allen made reference to T. Higgins, the guy on whom uh, Tamar was making the tackle when Monday night's uh, incident took place. Uh, Josh Schmidt, are we expecting more bills to come out, or is that it? Because we just heard from Sean McDermott, and we heard from uh, Josh Allen, and... Uh, very interesting, uh, folks. If uh, you're just joining us, uh, welcome. While you were at work today, um, the Cincinnati University of Cincinnati medical team uh, held a news conference at which it was revealed that uh, Demar has been uh, awake, and even though he's still intubated with the breathing tube, he uh, has been communicating with pen and paper. And when he uh, uh, emerged from his uh, medical coma, uh, whether that's for good or whether he's going to go back into one, we obviously don't know. Uh, don't know what protocol is uh, in these kinds of things. But his, his very first question was, did we win or who won? And I have mentioned today that that just shows you the kind of uh, competitive fire that is within him and also speculated uh, in the first hour of the show that the uh, Buffalo Bills um, uh, really needed to hear uh, to, to basically get uh, DeMar and his family's blessing uh, to play so that they can focus on the game. And that is exactly what happened uh, in a telephone call with uh, Mario Hamlin, who is uh, DeMar's father. He basically told the Buffalo Bills that uh, DeMar would want you guys to go out and play. There will be more players coming up shortly. Um, as we await that, uh, Josh Schmidt, should we go to uh, traffic or should we go to a commercial break and then traffic? Well, let's 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 do a commercial break and then traffic. I know you've got some spots to make up, and then if we need to, we'll interrupt that and go to uh, the stadium again for more from the Buffalo Bills. As uh, Demar Hamlin hopefully is on the mend. Okay, we're now going to return to the stadium and the Buffalo Bills news conference on uh, DeMar Hamlin. Mitch Morris and Dane Jackson. Uh, immediately, um, and then like when everything went down, 
I kind of like took a moment to just, I don't know why it just popped in my head that, that, that they were there. So I'd, uh, when I had seen them over there, by that time, Demar's mom was already uh, talking to one of the security guys on the field, uh, trying to get over there. And I had, I think it was Lynn or Dr. Daz that uh, I had uh, asked to go over there and get them help to come to get down there. Uh, no, I didn't. The first time I talked to her, uh, his mom was when we got on the bus after the game. How are you doing? I'm doing, I mean, I'm hanging in there, but I'm doing a lot better now since all the updates were coming out, you know what I mean? So since everything that's been coming out since he's been, you know, giving signals and everything like that, so I'm doing a lot better now. It's a huge relief, you know what I mean? Like, I think the worst part about, like, everything is the unknown, you know what I mean? Like, us not knowing, like, his status or anything like that, which everybody did a great job of giving us updates and everything like that. But, you know, just as a player, as that being our brother and him being so close, it's just like, you know what I mean? You're just wondering, like, is he going to be all right in the end? So, like, once we got updates and once we got, you know, feedback, you know, it just started to make us feel a little better for sure. Yeah, I think it's just been one of those fluid situations. Um, the team's done a great job of kind of keeping Morris. us in the fold before, uh, you know, unfortunately before you guys. Um, so uh, for us, like, you, you know, we get into Zoom updates during the team meetings, which were awesome. It's really cool. Uh, you, you don't realize how much you need that until it happens. Um, it's just been such a fluid situation. The, the information sharing throughout the departments has been phenomenal. And uh, we've never felt like we were behind in that department. So um, in, in, in those regards, we were very thankful for uh, everyone doing you know, the best they could uh, with something that was you know, so volatile and just kind of changing at the minute. Guys, what was your reaction to uh, tomorrow's dad? 2007, I was on the field with uh, my teammate, Kevin Everett. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it was just, it was one of those things that um, we were kind of writing the script on it as you went. Um, you know, everyone had different sorts of information. Uh, it's, you know, it was kind of chaos at any given moment. When we were able to get to that locker room, I think uh, a lot of things happened. One was we were able to collect ourselves and help each other out in the confines of that locker room. Uh, also have the whole team in a confined space that uh, we could have discussions, conversations, not only between ourselves, but then, you know, coach putting us in a position to ultimately make a decision. Um, yeah, I, I just think it, it, there was no way in hell that we were ready to go out there and play a game. Um, you know, even if there were just a few guys who weren't ready to play, which there were way more, you know what I mean? Uh, you can't – to play this game – as you know, the where you have to be mentally to be on the field, not only for your, yourself and your well-being, but for others around you, um, it, it just would have done a disservice to everyone, and, and there was just no chance. So um, we're very thankful for that opportunity and uh, kind of collectively come together and 
and do that. Mitch, if there was no way in hell that you could do it then, how can you fast forward six days from then, if that, and, and do it? Yeah. Um, not only the updates we've gotten from the, the family, uh, from the medical staff, um, also just processing, you know, naturally processing this, getting my, you know, with family, teammates, um, just taking it moments at a time. You know, you have dialogue with yourself as well. Uh, and through that, um, I think the biggest thing is just hearing from the family and hearing how he's progressed has really put, uh, I mean, to say a smile on our faces would be an understatement. We were, we were as elated as you possibly could be as a team. It was, it was a really cool moment. Um, and then being able to put the pads on or, you know, being able to do a little bit of football today was very therapeutic for a lot of guys. And, and uh, you know, it's still one of those situations that will keep going, progressing. Each person, like Coach said before, is going to kind of process this in a different manner. Um, and that's nothing wrong with that. You know, emotions might be delayed. Emotions might hit you at different times. And, um, you know, we're just there for each other. And, and everyone here has got a really good support system. For, for both of you, just what you just said, Mitch, you're there for each other. Can you define kind of what that means? I, I, one of the images that's burning in my head is Tredavious White just, like, putting his head on your chest. I mean, you're, you're consoling a teammate at the worst possible moment of his time. And, and for both of you, just how did you – how do how are you there for each other? What are – can you share some of those – I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like it's like it's the bond we have, we've all created. You know what I mean? Like every day in the locker room, it's never a dull moment. So like it's it's just with everyone. You know what I mean? We're always all here for each other. Like if it's about like anything, it could be about anything. You know what I mean? We're always you know what I mean? Are you okay? Like we're around each other so much. Like we notice the smallest change in your your behavior like every single day. So like just that bond that we built over the time. You know, it just give us that you know that. That advantage to just be there for each other every single time, like tough times like this go down for sure. Hey, we heard from the doctors today, and they said that the first thing Demar said was, "Did we win?" Mm. What's your reaction to hearing that? I mean, I really wouldn't expect them to ask anything else, honestly. You know what I mean? Because like, uh, I just know like just what type what type of person he is, man. He's a true warrior, man. He's a he's a fighter. Uh, he's always gonna he's always gonna come out. You know, with, with some type of joke or whatever, no matter the, how severe the situation is, he always has a joke. Or, you know, I know the first, first thing he'll say to me when he get back is something crazy. I, I just know it. I, I can't wait for it, honestly. That's what, that's what I'm really waiting for. But, you know, I mean, that's just the type of person he is, man. He all, he's always wants to win. He's a true fighter and he's a warrior for sure. Dane Jackson and Hamlin, very good friends. Uh, I mean, uh, I just, I just remember, I just remember, like, as I, as they were putting me into the, into the, uh, the, the ambulance, uh, him saying, "I love you, D Jack," and like, like I just remember that distinct voice. There was a, uh, the whole team was saying it. You know what I mean? But I, I just, I just remember that distinct voice in my head, and like that, that replayed with me on the whole way to the hospital. So, uh, you know, just. Those different, just the bond we have. Like I, I, I look at pictures now to this day. Again, this is not about me. You know what I mean? This is all about Demar. But like I just look at pictures today, and I see him standing like right there, like literally like hovering over me. You know what I mean? As I'm as I'm getting carted off. So like 
that just goes to show you like the type of bond that me and him have and uh, just how we're always there for each other. Mitch, what stands out to you about the leadership of your head coach in those moments and now uh, that you've had a couple of days in the process, uh, what stands out to you about Sean? And then, Dane, same question for you. Just, I mean, which we knew about Coach Forrest's humanity. I mean, the, the fact that, um, you know, he's here to coach football, we're here to play football. Um, He's here to delegate certain things to, if you want to call subordinates or whatever. But when it comes to player safety, our personal lives, uh, he's been unwavering in this. But this is kind of you know in the most paramount time, doubled down on it was just the fact that he he's he he's a human being. Um, he has our safety and and well being uh, in the forefront of his mind at all times, and uh, you know when the stakes were at its highest not only you know for football but for a young man's life that uh, you know there was no thought about football rather than and rather just the welfare of his team and of course tomorrow can you take us back to the locker room and this maybe the discussion or how did it come about that you understood that no one was going back out there that night? yeah it was it was so fluid Kind of just like we had talked about earlier, it was you know it was kind of chaos in the field. Um, we got in the locker room, emotions were still very high. Uh, it was it was still a very um, an emotionally charged area. I think guys were just consoling one another and kind of having this open dialogue. Uh, we were kind of coming down a little bit, still processing everything. Um, you know. It, you know, I feel for the guys in the defense and stuff. You know, you know not only is this you know, in their position group, uh, they were there, they were on the field. Um, so every position group, every person who's got a different relationship with someone in the locker room is feeling this in a different way, and that's not a bad thing. It's just the truth of it all. Um, you, know, you, you see guys who are just, you know, were, were almost inconsolable, and then you ask them to perform at the highest level at a sport where you have to be mentally and physically have your wherewithal to to not only play, but to put yourself in a position where you're not going to injure yourself further. So um, it wasn't like one person standing up kind of saying this thing. It was really uh, a back and forth between the coaches, the players, and, and uh, um, it was pretty cool to see. Maybe that's, the second time, that's the second time you've said that in this news conference about having the wherewithal and the focus, not even from a win-loss perspective, but to essentially protect yourself and protect others during the course of an NFL football game. In light of everything that's happened, and Sean and Josh talked about, you know, essentially the message that, that DeMar would want you to guys go out, go, to go out and play. Uh, how difficult is it to achieve the level of focus now that you need to to prepare for something? Like I said before, you you know, it was it's been so fresh for these you know forty eight to seventy two hours. Um, you know, everyone's got their own conversations with themselves and their loved ones, and you understand as football players, you assume risk on the field, but you say that and then something like this happens, of course, you know, it's going to shock you to the core. Um, but then you have that, that guttural and visceral reaction, visceral reaction rather, you take a step back, um, you think about it kind of just uh, objectively, and, and then you also hear, like I can't say how paramount it was to hear from DeMar and his family, or you know, DeMar's family and the, the medical staff, and um, that really has shed some light. And, uh, you know, like I said, being on the field today, Having guys, you know, it, it was just, it felt had some normalcy, in, and I think that was very therapeutic. Since you've been here, this organization has really prioritized mental health. 
entire staff and building whenever it's needed. How important has that been, not only up until this moment, but now especially after this moment? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, we had we talked about some people only pray when the when, when, when something bad's happening, or some people only seek, uh, you know, this psychological help when things are at their most dire, which sometimes is, is, is the thing that thrusts you into that and realizing that there's a whole next level in your life or as a team or as an individual that you have this help. Uh, he's, you know, coach and, and their staff has been uh, very, I think, forward thinking in that regards, uh, something that I've personally been very uh, grateful for. Um, yeah, and it, it was no surprise when he had all these people here at our disposal. Um, I think you, you know, Dan can attest, uh, you have 90 different guys in this locker room processing it in 90 different ways. You're going to have people who process it certain ways, was verbally, intrinsically, um, through hanging out with people by themselves, talking to someone. So uh, there's no right way to do it. And uh, I think that just to be able to have that opportunity well, it was really cool. It, it seemed like Steph uh, took a, made it a point to be with you while, while everything was happening. How important was he and while, while everything was Mitch Morris and Dane Jackson. I mean, it was Buffalo very Bills. important. You know what I mean? Uh, he just made sure he was by my side, you know what I mean? Because he knew how, uh, how significant our relationship was, you know what I mean? So uh, he just made sure he kept reaching out to me, uh, checking up to me, as well as everybody else on the team did as well. Like a lot of people know, you know what I mean? Our, our history and our background. So uh, a lot of guys were coming up to me and, uh, you know, just making sure I was good, you know, just checking on me for sure. So I appreciate that a lot. Dave, how long you've known DeMar, like you just referenced, a lot of people are getting to know him, a lot more about him for the first time. Is there a story or something you want people to know about DeMar from all the time you've spent with him? I mean, I can't think of uh, just of a story. There's so many, there's so many. I mean, we, so many times in college and stuff like that, but, uh, just as just a person as who he is, man. He's a he's a giver, he's a a fighter, he's a warrior, um, he's an encourager. You know I mean, uh, just a whole just for one thing, like his his chasing millions foundation. Like, man, that's big. I remember like even going all the way back to college. You know what I mean? Where he wasn't allowed to you know what I mean be on the forefront of it because he's in college. You know where his dad had to take most of it. But like it's just that's just always what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? He always wanted to give back. He's always wanted to help. Uh, he's always like looking for the next opportunity to just be a light to someone who's willing, who wants to be in our position. So like, just that's that's just him. You know what I mean? Like, just thinking of it makes me smile because I know once he gets back to himself, like he's he's going to be looking forward to helping out so many others. Yeah, oh yeah, I know I just know he'll be like super excited, you know what I mean? Because like coming from where we come from, you know, uh that's where he, he does most of his events and stuff like that. So like just coming from where we come from, I know like it, there's a lot of people who aren't as privileged to you know what I mean, just 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 get the basic stuff like when he just did his toy drive, like a lot of those kids maybe may not have had toys, you know what I mean, if it wasn't for that drive. I mean I don't I don't know uh Exactly, but you know, I just that's just stuff that he's he's like willing to do and he wants to do. So I can't wait to, to see it happen. Speaking of the foundation, just what has it been like from your perspective to see the millions of dollars from people across the country donating to to support him through all of this? Yeah, I mean, it's just been great for me to see. You know what I mean? Because 
like I, like I referenced before, I just know like he's going to do so many amazing things with that. You know what I mean? I just know that like he, he probably has no idea about it now, but like once once he finds out, you know what I mean, how much money that was raised and how many people supported him, I, I know like those thoughts are just going to start going in his head of what he can do to help out others. You know what I mean? It, it's never about him. You know what I mean? I could tell you from my heart, just knowing him, that I know that he'll do a lot of great things with everyone that supported in this foundation for sure. Yeah, it's, um, you can't be in 60 living rooms of your teammates, but what do you think the conversations are, are like to have been like this with players and their families? Yeah, I don't know if it's totally fair to speculate uh, what other guys are going through. That's not fair. Um, what I can assume is um, – you know, just I know early on those first 24, 48 hours, I think guys spent time with each other. That was huge. Um, processing it out loud, especially guys who had gone through it together. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know how to totally answer that question. I, I assume that everyone's kind of going through this uh, shock and awe at first, kind of having this huge emotional come down. Um, and then kind of analyzing it in their own way, thinking about it, and and hopefully, uh, you know, working through it. Mitch, now, we all know that Coach McDermott is just the ultimate player's coach, and you know, he's always finding a way to find some inspirational motivation <coughs> to his team. What has been his message to help you guys cope with what has happened? Yeah, I think the, the coolest thing about this is that more than anything, his vulnerability has been huge for us. Um, you know, this, this sport at times can be such a macho, tough man thing. And I think when you look at this team room that we had, no one had any macho left to give. Uh, we were all just trying to uh, process this together. And, and I think he was just such a good figure to um, kind of see how he was coping with it, his vulnerability, his emotions at times, which he had already t spoken about kind of gave us the opportunity to just let our guard down. And I think that's the biggest thing this whole time is being able to let your guard down so you can heal them and without having any wall to uh, to hold you back. And then just Mitch Morse and Dane Jackson of the Buffalo Bills will uh, carry this for a few more minutes and see where this goes. Yeah, I think, you know, Coach McDermott's been talked about a lot. Um, you know, the assistant coaches have also played such a paramount role. Uh, like I'd said before, each position group might be feeling this differently. Everyone's feeling it. There's no doubt about it. But some it might have touched home a little bit more with some position groups than others. Um, I think when you when you start game planning, for the Patriots, you opened up with just like echoing what Sean's message was at times, which was, hey, if you need a moment, it's cool. This is, this is uncharted territory for all of us. And um, we're here for each other. You know, this season has been kind of, it's been a roller coaster of a season, not only as a community, but as a team. Um, you know, nothing can quite, you know, live, no, I don't want to say live up, but reach what this has meant to us. Um, but, you know, let your guard down if you need it, um, and guys will be there for each other.
All right, that is uh, Mitch Morris of the Buffalo Bills, who uh, was joined by Dane Jackson. And uh, Dane Jackson and uh, DeMar Hamlin grew up in the suburbs of Pittsburgh and uh, played football at Pittsburgh together, University of Pittsburgh together. So they have a very, very long uh, friendship and relationship, uh, one with the other. Uh, very, just uh, very, very interesting uh, news conference. We heard from Sean McDermott and uh, Josh Allen prior. If uh, you have any thoughts on anything that you've heard during this news conference, 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Do you feel okay now about the Bills playing on Sunday? Do you feel okay about it because clearly the Buffalo Bills want to play on Sunday clearly uh, DeMar wants the Buffalo Bills to play on Sunday and his recovery and his words uh, have lifted an enormous weight off the Buffalo Bills he has given his blessing if you will for the Bills to play is there anybody out there who thinks the Bills shouldn't play on Sunday Uh, 803-0930-STAR-930 and 1-800-616-WBEN. All right, welcome. Uh, It is Bowerly, News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, Your intelligent thoughts on uh, the news conference that we just heard uh, with Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, uh, Dane Jackson, and Mitch Morse. Uh, They are basically uh, raring to go. And they're raring to go following a uh, a Zoom call yesterday from Mario Hamlin, who is DeMar Hamlin's father, who basically said, you guys need to get out there and play because this is what DeMar would have wanted. And to me, and we talked about this in the first hour of the show in the form of speculation, I, I thought that that was a very... And, and the players have said this, there's a very, very important component in getting the Buffalo Bills team back into the mindset of playing football. I mean, they have the blessing of uh, DeMar Hamlin's family. They don't have to worry about, sorry to overuse the word, they don't have to worry about the optics. They don't have to worry about how it looks because they know uh, because they talked to his dad that DeMar would want them to play on Sunday. Now, as far as the uh, NFL playoff seeding is concerned, uh, the Bills-Cincinnati game is not going to be played, okay? It is not going to be played. So the NFL, by tomorrow, is going to announce, we fully expect, according to a couple of sources, uh, we fully expect that tomorrow – the Buffalo, the National Football League will make an announcement uh, as far as what it is going to do as far as the playoff uh, seating. Uh, don't need to tell anybody uh, who was watching the game Monday that Monday night's game had enormous implications for the National Football League playoff picture. But those ramifications for the NFL playoff picture paled in support to the concern about uh, what was going on on the field. And we found out at the news conference that when the uh, Buffalo Bills were taken off the field and went into the locker room that uh, everybody had a a, a different feeling, but that uh, the over, I believe the, the overwhelming majority of guys did not feel like they could go out there and apply themselves to a football game uh, where you require absolute 100% concentration because you don't want to be the next person to be uh, injured. You can't be distracted. So uh, nobody wanted to do, do, uh, to do that. Also, uh, the 
uh, situation at the end of the Josh Allen, Sean McDermott news conference. Uh, this is a very important note because some people on social media have been getting all over T. Higgins, who is the guy who uh, was tackled by DeMar Hamlin prior to DeMar's going down with the cardiac arrest. People have been uh, you know, basically saying that he is responsible, that he did something wrong. Uh, well, DeMar Hamlin's family has made it very, very clear that uh, T. Higgins is off the hook. They do not hold T. Uh, in any way, shape, or form responsible for what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And uh, Josh Allen, I think very classily at the end of the news conference, made it a point uh, publicly to say that the Buffalo Bills as a team, uh, and Josh Allen speaking for the team, obviously, uh, do not hold uh, T. Higgins responsible for what happened. Because, look, I mean, since this whole thing took place, uh, he's been under fire in social media, and people... Uh, who are more well-intentioned, perhaps, have asked the question, well, how is this guy holding up? Because he was the guy on whom De- uh, DeMar was trying to make the tackle and eventually did make the tackle. Uh, 803-0930 is the phone number. 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. And again, uh, uh, now the, the Bills once again seem to be focused on football. The news from Cincinnati earlier today, um, an enormous weight lifted off the, uh, the Bills players because uh, they can go out and play football now, as I said, with the blessing of uh, DeMar Hamlin and his family saying that is uh, what DeMar would want them to do. And uh, those thoughts were echoed by a guy who knows him uh, very well, and that is uh, Dane Jackson. They're both from uh, suburban Pittsburgh uh, and played college ball together at uh, the University of Pittsburgh and obviously have had a very uh, long and and close uh, friendship. So, Uh, The focus now for the Buffalo Bills will be more on football. Uh, Interestingly, uh, Josh Allen did make reference to the fact that uh, the team wants to go down and see uh, DeMar. So I don't know how the arrangements are going to work for that. Uh, If all the players are going to be able to go, I would imagine that they all would go uh, take the flight and go down to see DeMar before uh, anything happens uh, with the NFL playoffs. Also, uh, a side note, uh, just watching and listening to Josh Allen, um, he may have a bit of a cold. Uh, He was uh, sniffling quite a bit during the press conference, and he coughed a couple of times. And uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, something that he is going to be able to work through just fine. Thank you very much. But hey, it is January. It is Western New York, and uh, there's a lot of people walking around with colds. I don't think it's going to affect his play. But uh, in case you were wondering what that noise was during the news conference, that was Josh Allen sniffling and coughing uh, on a couple of uh, occasions. It is uh, 5:55 at News Radio 930. WBEN, and uh, this after uh, days and days of uh, the blues in western New York, uh, this was a day of some promise and some hope, and it started off with the early reports that uh, DeMar's neurological condition was good, uh, and then uh, that happiness was uh, added to by the doctors from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center 
uh, stating that uh, uh, Mr. Hamlin has uh, been awake and has communicated with doctors and family members with pen, paper, and clipboard. And as he, uh, uh, first thing he wanted to know, did we win? Did, did the Buffalo Bills win Monday night's game? Unfortunately, I haven't heard what the doctors said in response other than you won the game of life. You won, you won the game of life was what uh, the doctors uh, had to say. And uh, Damar's first question wasn't, why am I here? What happened to me? It was, did we win? Which says a lot, I think, about the guy. It really does. Um, thank you uh, very much uh, for listening to all of our coverage today on News Radio 930 WBEN. Tom Puckett is coming up at 6 o'clock with Buffalo's Evening News, including some more traffic with Alan Harris. Uh, Susan Rose, Brian Mazurowski, a new morning tomorrow, 5 until 9. 9 until 10, it's Bemaz and Beamer. 10 until 2, it is uh, David Bellavia. And then uh, 2 to 6, uh, I certainly hope to be here uh, to bring everything to a crashing halt. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.